Hello and welcome back to the A340 Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and this week we've got, of course, another big round of you. We've got some big talking points this week, Alex Miller. A couple of teams are going to dissect uh, through this episode. Yes, another talking point is me having the talking to the microphone shared between <laughs> another man. But I'm doing my best. I hate it here. We hate it. But uh, I do not hate talking footy with you boys. Very excited to get stuck into that today. But how are you, Doc? Yeah, very good, Miller. It's... um. Another week, another Bulldogs victory, yeah. and I'm on top of the world at the moment. Yeah, we'll see about that Friday night, I reckon, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a good week for most of us, obviously, aside from um, <laughs> aside from the Tigers, unfortunately. Uh, Pretty but, shit uh, week from us in the tips as well, yeah. <laughs> um, unless unless it's you, Cat. Well, we will get to the tips at the end of the show, but yeah, like we said, we're going to go with a bit of a different sort of structure for this week's episode, because we've got a few talking points, Miller, and I know you're very passionate about a couple of these teams' performances at the moment. Now, Frio. Uh, the one that you yes. brought up during the week, uh, after the after the weekend, obviously a win for them. Good to see uh, on the weekend. But you're sort of happy with how they're tracking along in the face of a lot of injuries. They've had the longest injury list of the competition <laughs> come the start of the season, you know, yes. for the last three years. But they're really battling through it this year. Oh, 100%, Kat. I think as well that um, you think about where this club was, you know, 18 mm. months ago, 12 months ago. You know, we had uh, Longmuir come in. A lot of talk about him, positive talk as well, Doc, about what the future could be for the next five years. And he's already shown last year was competitive for our in most games. Um, and they're sitting six right now on the ladder, which is fantastic. You know, four and two. Obviously a loss to Melbourne. And I can't remember who else they lost to. They lost to Carlton That's as well. That's it, Carlton. Yeah, it was an unfortunate yeah, loss. Yeah, they would be, I think, frustrated that they let that one get away. But I just like the look of the list, Cat. going back to your point. I mean, mm. it's given opportunities to some of the young fellas in particular. Obviously... Yep. Um, you know, Brayshaw's come on massively this year, boys. We've seen him add goal kicking to his game. Um, but other guys, I think Brandon Cox is getting more games. Uh, Mitch Crowden, not a huge fan of him, but looks wise. But he's a good pressure forward. <laughs> looks wise. Uh, he looks a bit of like a shafty operator. I, I, I feel I feel like we're the only podcast that judges players on looks as well as form. <laughs> Heath Chapman's been a big one, boys. I think for him mm. just to come into the side, he's not going to average his twenty-five, but he's going to just be a really beautiful. He's no, a beautiful I, kick I of the ball. After yeah, especially after the preseason games, you know, he looked like he was fit and ready to go. Yeah, well, and I think he slotted in excellently. Well, well, I feel like well, we're, we're still talking off here about Tom Powell's numbers at North Melbourne and. It's Sort of people sort of quick to jump on. Oh, 17 disposals, not not a big deal. Mm. But you you've got to take into account that these are 18 year old you know kids here. Mm. Yeah, it, I think a lot of the people levying those sort of criticisms as well aren't actually watching these kids play. <laughs> if you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking at the raw numbers, obviously you can make a case for anyone. But you just like you said, it's almost sort of like um, Chapman with Heath. Uh, sorry, with Hayden Young out. Mm. Uh, I think he's sort of slotted into that role really nicely. Um, it's, it's a good point you make about the stats thing. Because I actually had a conversation with a, a mate of mine, and he was saying that, you know, at the podcast, what I value most. And I think if you look at raw numbers, it's very hard to assess yeah. players nowadays. I think us three in particular, and most of the footy world, are looking a lot more at efficiency now. But also, mm. not just efficiency, but the blend between contested and uncontested. Yeah. Because I think it's hard sometimes if you have 40, 40 touches per se at maybe, you know, 50, 60%. But if you're having 30 of those contested, it's pretty mm. hard to get a, a really good you know, even spread. So I yeah. think... It's why I like as well yeah. when you really dive into that focus on the team stats. I think, you know, the quarter time, three quarter time huddles, that's what you see the coaches talking about. They're yeah. going in on the team stats. Yeah. The contested possession differential, you're not zeroing in on individual players because I think more and more now, Doc, it is about, you know, what the whole team can do as a unit as opposed to relying on a couple of guys for brilliance. Yeah, I, I feel like that's pretty a pretty spot on assessment because... 
I was sort of just veering away from Freo for a second, but uh, case in point was sort of watching Port dismantle St Kilda on Sunday evening. They sort of they sort of had that sort of method where they were sort of just chipping it around, looking for the right options to to take the ball forward, and then they just sort of go hell for yeah, leather. Correct. That that's the sort of stuff that they look at, and that's the sort of stuff that we now as aspi- yeah, yeah. as aspiring football journalists, analysts, what and the like. That's what we, that's what we have to look at as well, heading heading into you know the next twelve months, eighteen months, 100%. two years. And I think you know, I think it's a really interesting point that he that he brought up because I hadn't really thought about it, but I think now, particularly doing this and and in general, I think a lot more people are aware that it's not just about having forty mm. and and four goals. I think I had actually a bit of an argument with a Saint Kilda supporter, it wasn't Coops, uh, but, <laughs> it was, but it was about you know it was, for me, Doc, it was comparing Jack Steele to Dusty and. For mine, both elite players, no question about that. But you can't because Jack Steele mm. can't pull off, you know, a 30-meter kick on his left around the body. But also, I don't think Dusty could do the amount of contested work that no, Jack exactly. Steele does. So, you know, superstars are all different. But back to Freya, I've loved what Blake Akers has done this year, boys, because... Oh. And know, one, of the, one of the great, I think, sort of underrated trades was getting Akers over to Freo. He just... I think I've always kind of loved how, for a player of his size, Doc, he moves around the ground so well. He gives you options up on the wing. You can put him on a half-forward flank. You can drop him down behind the ball if you need to. Put him in the ruck even for a spell. <laughs> He's at home on the wing, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think watch, watching a bit of that Frio game against North on, on the weekend, he does look a lot more poised and a lot more composed with the footy in his hands on the wing. Um, he looks fit as well, doesn't he, Doc? Yeah, he, well, he's definitely getting some continuity now in his game, mm. and it's sort of been a little yeah. bit of a bit of a, a uh, occurrence when he was at St Kilda. It was sort of he was always injured, mm. so it's it's good to see him getting games in, under his belt now. A little bit more consistency on the wing, um, even even somebody like James Ace as well, who's just sort of yeah. slotted in yeah. slotted into this team uh, seamlessly last year. And you could just, see he would be a type of guy that would thrive really well under Longmuir in terms of not just previously you know having some experience mm. coaching wise, but just a hard worker, and I think that's... I think, yeah, he's identified a few of those sort of players. Reese yeah, Conker but... down there as well is another one of those who, you know, Conker was never a superstar yeah. at the Tigers. He never was going to be. But, but, he, but you, he's found a role there now. Yeah, too. you give him a role, and he will put out everything that you need him to every single week. I think that's the biggest thing I want to ask you about, Doc, is that they're, you know, Mundy and Fife are the big names here, obviously, in terms of marquee, but it's the young players like Sarong... You know, Ethan Hughes has come on massively. Cat's a massive fan of him. He's oh, come on man. massively the last twelve months. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's turned. I think he's turned his form around a lot in and the then, past twelve months. And you got people like Schultz, um, you know, I, Michael Frederick, all good young players. I, I was gonna. I was gonna touch on those two actually. So it's, it's funny that you mentioned it. <laughs> um, but I think Frederick, I've I've really enjoyed watching his progress last twelve yeah. last twelve months. He. he he he's always seeming to find the right spots as a, as a small forward, not not hitting the scoreboard per se. I think mm. he's got four ten for the season, mm. um, but he he's still getting he's still getting himself into the right spots. Getting the opportunities, still getting the yeah. opportunities. And I think if you're Justin Longmuir and you're seeing that sort of him hitting hit, him hitting the scoreboard consistently, albeit you know he's scoring points. It's interesting I, as well, Doc, because there's quite a few good small. Obviously, Mickey Walters the headline, but Sam Sukowski, who I'm a massive fan of, big fan. Frederick, uh, Switters is injured at the moment, but yeah. Switters, Schultz, you know, who Kat's talked about extensively, and, um, you know, Travis Collier, who's actually mm. done pretty well with the minutes and time he's had. So I think the biggest thing is we talked about last year. Uh, Frio were competitive, but if you were a Frio supporter last year, I think you'd be so happy with the progress, and you're literally seeing yeah. it. It's interesting. Like, those games that last year would go the other way where they yeah. maybe lose you know, lose momentum in the second half and wouldn't be able to keep it up has been sort of the opposite this year. I'd say really only the Carlton game would be the only blemish on their season so far. 
Uh, I don't think you can blame anyone for their round one performances this year. There's a lot you got to, adapting back to the longer quarters. There was always going to be weird results. Um, but I, I'd back, I'm backing Freo in to win at least three of their next four. They've got a pretty favourable uh, fixture coming up with a couple of tough opponents, but I really would back them in at I, this point. Yeah, so, I, so they've got West Coast. Sorry, Miller. Yeah, West Coast this week. Then it's I think it's Brisbane, Essendon, and then Sydney. Yep. So correct. I think Brisbane, Sydney, Sydney, and Brisbane at home. Yeah, are giving Brisbane them great home. chance. I mean, that. that's a huge game yeah. to take there if they can get that. And where's it? It's a, Essendon's at Marvel. So yeah, it's still, it's still game has, on. There's a stat there for you. 2010 was the last time they beat us oh, at okay, Marvel right. Stadium. <laughs> so, so 2021 might be. <laughs> don't, don't count your hopes up yet on on that one. <laughs> I just think um, that's. Uh, I suppose then the question is, boys, two questions quickly. Do, do you reckon they'll make the eight from where they are now? Uh, if they can win three of this next four, I think you'll lock them in because that's them showing their caliber of talent there. Yeah. The, the fact that they're four and two right now, we talked mm. about their injury list extensively a fair bit mm. so far this season. The fact that they're four and two speaks so much about not only the quality of depth, but just the quality of the players that they're playing at, yeah. on yeah. the park right now. Yep. If they can, if they can be, if they're four and two right now, then I expect them to be in the eight come the business end. Barring anything else happens mm. in terms of, in terms of injuries, at some stage they'll get. Guys like Hamling and Pierce back, and mm. and and possibly even oh, who else? Who else is injured at the moment? Um, old mate, oh, the midfielder. I forget his name. He was in there a fair bit last year. Um, oh, just say Blakely. No, nah, not not Blakely. Not 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 Blakely. Longmuir hates him. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, but the uh, hate him. no, but the point is though. I think they'll they'll get they'll get um those sort of play. They'll yeah. get players back in and. Whether or not they actually still maintain this horrendous run of injuries, yeah, remains to be seen. But I do like how they're going, and I think be a they great will. Derby this week, though, isn't it? Oh, it'd be massive. Yeah, I do hope people don't write them off as coming up against teams like West Coast. You know, at the right time, West Coast obviously struggling the most they really ever have under Adam Simpson at the moment. Um, but you know, the Swans as well when they come up against them, they'll have a few players sort of back. You know, the Lions will be a big test. Port they've got in round 11 as well, which is at Adelaide Oval. I'm really, really keen to see how they go. I think there's been teams that have sort of shown a prototype of, you look at how the Eagles came up against Port Adelaide, mm. and I think Freo have the have the medal in the midfield group to sort of match that dominance that they showed uh, against the Port midfield and made them look really slow and on the second foot. That's going to hurt, obviously, without Shuey and Yo still out, yeah. Kat. I think that's what's really going to hurt, not West Coast this week in particular, but just in general. I think they're in a... In a position where they're quite vulnerable now, particularly at home. Mm. If, if you're a Victorian team travelling over there in the next couple of weeks... <laughs> You'd be the most confident you've ever been Yeah, I, over I think so. But I, I suppose, you know, the, we'll get to Carlton in a sec. But I just... You know, Paddy Cripps, obviously, boys, has been the massive talking point through all media sectors. And we talked about it briefly last night. You know, at a contract come the end of the year, WA boy, if Carlton failed to make the eight, Frios, you know, if they make the eight, do you think he just, just says, here's my contract... I'm out. Yeah, it's it's a player like Cripps. I feel like I've never heard him talk much about sort of looking for that success and everything. But you know, but most... is that more concerning then to you, Cat? If yeah. he's just so quiet about it all, I think that's more worrying because he hasn't indicated at all that he's interested in signing extension. Mm. And as the captain of a football club, that would be the most worrying thing for mine. Yeah, I think there was one thing he said on the record earlier in the year about wanting to be a Carlton player, you know, in the future. But you know, we. We've heard plenty of that time before Dane Beams told the Lions that the best and fairest he wasn't going anywhere. 
Um, <laughs> just kidding. To, yeah, just to, kidding, boys. Yeah, talks cheap. Marcus talks, Adams. Yeah, Mark, Marcus Adams saying he wants wants to go to WA and then finds himself at Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't I'm know. Sorry, <laughs> the thing to me is I, I feel like if Cripps is going, someone's got to make way in that poor, midfield. Poor, I don't think so. so sorry, oh. poor Marcus is getting north from his west confused, I think. <laughs> you think that Mon- I think Mundy could easily play half forward for the Not next... Mundy, Cher is the one that worries me. Oh, in terms you know, of a trade, yeah. Already rumours uh, going around about him coming to Victoria at the end of the year. But if you're a Fremantle supporter, I'm sure you'd be happy taking Paddy Cripps for Chera. Yeah. You, you, you pair Nat Five Doc with Paddy, Paddy Cripps. you got money in there. you still got Brayshaw Sorrell. Well, I mean, is, that midfield... Is the thing, this is the thing, though, with trading an already established mature player in their prime for a young player. We already know what Cripps can be at his best. Do we know what Chera can be at his best? No, well, no one We does. don't yet. But he can be. I'm sure that... The, but the, I don't think Chera's going to be better than Cripps. The, the potential with Chera is still untapped. Mm. Yeah, so, it's high. It's very high. So so, so oh. whether or whether, whether, <laughs> I, I, I doubt Carlton at the moment is going to be the place where he's sort of untapped yeah. his potential. But, <laughs> Not the way they treat uh, their And that's the thing. Does someone like that even want to go there, though, Kat? Mm. You think about Chera, you know, a really good player. If he wants to get the best out of himself... And maybe they, maybe I don't know, but I, I just think it's interesting to consider. Well, 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 he's played all but one game this year, Adam Cherry. So he's getting, so he's got the games in him, and he's averaging about twenty, just under twenty disposals. He's out for a couple of weeks still now, I mm. believe, with the ankle or something. Oh, like that's that. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that was, I think that was the guy we were, we were trying yeah. to trying to talk about. Yeah, that's. But I think I don't know if I'm Fremantle, I'm going hard uh, for Crips. If, mm. if we and if they can show. It's the brand of footy they're playing as well. They're playing a really good brand for a very attack orientated, um, but strong defensively as well with the cattle they've got down there. So, because mm. yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked week after week, Doc, about how many behinds they've kicked because they're getting plenty of scoring shots. I'd actually like to see. Uh, I'll get the stats up, but yeah, but well, we'll watch you do that. Just, just a quick, just a quick run on on their injuries at the moment. So, Cher is out for another two to three with the ankle. Cox is a test. Uh, Hamling's back in another one to two. Yep. Um, Alex Pierce is back in another two weeks as well, so that that's that's going to be good boost for them. Stephen Hill six to seven weeks with a hamstring, probably the last time we'll, we'll ever hear or see of him. <laughs> uh, Switters another four with a finger, and uh, Hayden Young seven to nine with a hamstring. Yeah, it's unfortunate that a few of them are a bit longer term. Cox, as well, I said didn't train yesterday, so it looks like he might still be another week away at the very least. Um, but. You know, they've gotten players back. I think for the injury list to only be sitting at about six or seven now is not the mm. worst result. Yeah, it, 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 it was It was about 14 or 15 the at, the, at, the the sta- at the start of the season. There were, I think they only had about 20, 26, 27 fit blokes. Mm. It's, uh, it's not ideal. So what have we got for the for the goals and behinds here? They're actually the six goals, one average for behinds. And for goals, they're, so they're actually sitting third last for goals and and... Last for behinds. So they're still not a high scoring no. side, but they, they've actually also been a little bit more accurate than we thought. Um, they have still scored more goals than points yeah, for the year. It's interesting. Yeah. Wouldn't have thought that no. seeing their I mean, games so far. No, yeah. Um, but the other team we wanted to talk about, Miller, <laughs> the Blues. <laughs> Touched on it briefly with Paddy Cripps. Uh, you think it's all sort of going wrong over, oh, at, over at Princess Park at the moment. I mean... Me and Doc have had a great chat about the Blues, and I think that I think that David Teague is the coach. I think that he is the guy to direct them where they need to go. What direction that is, I personally believe a rebuild is required, Doc. A proper rebuild. Well, they, well that's, this is the problem. They, they've been pretty much on a rebuild since they got rid of Malthouse. <laughs> but I think they've been prepared to think that they can mm, rebuild that, on the run. That was That was, what, six years ago? Yeah. 
So but to me, this team, I think they've got. No, <laughs> they're not good no. enough, Cat, to make the eight. This team, even fully fit, I don't think this team is making the eight. They're, they're, I think they're... on paper, you know, it's easy to say on paper. Like this team, I think they've got the talent that they need across the lines. I think what we'll touch on as well is that there's guys who are being played not in their best position. There's guys who are playing very out of form. Have been sort of up and down. Zach Williams, for me, is one of the guys who I think has been a bit disappointing. The game against Port, I watched that yeah, one live. I was at the G, and I don't know what what Teague told him before the game. He said, take it on, <laughs> trust your gut. But every single kick he seemed to do, Williams, was going every which direction. It was going wayward. He was doing these little funny ones across his body. Can you, you know, drop your marquee signing, though, Cat? I think the, you can um, if you need to send a statement to the rest of the team. Well, I think they need to start making statements here because this yeah. Carlton team is just nowhere near it. Right, it's now. almost going through the motions, Doc, in some respect. It, it, it is a little bit, and I think sort of a bit of it does stem back to the coach because we were sort of discussing mm. over the last couple of days in particular. You, you had you had Liam Stocker who who put up forty disposals in the VFL He's the unreal. week the week before, mm. absolutely phenomenal. Yep. What the hell are you doing playing him at half back? Mm. That that's that that's yeah, the, he had what eleven touches or ten. something. On that's the sort ten. of stuff that got Brendan Bolton sacked in the first place and got Teague the job. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it was play, yeah. it, it was playing all the um it was playing all the young kids in in the middle and giving Murphy at half forward and mm. Kerno at half back and all that sort all that sort of nonsense. It, it, it's happening the other way now and they're yeah, sort it's of quite bizarre, isn't it? They what? haven't seemed to strike that balance. I think. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys we've talked at length about. Eddie Betts, it's, he looks... He's gone. Completely he, shot of confidence. I, I told you boys two years ago, he he, he was cooked. And, he looks it. And even, <laughs> even, watch, even watching it on, on Saturday night, he he looks a man devoid of confidence. I he was does. willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it just looks like he's, you know, especially that game against Port a couple of weeks ago, there were at least two or three occasions where, you know, the Eddie Betts of three or four years ago would have taken that snap on the boundary yeah. line, would have backed himself in, and probably would have kicked it too. And now I think he's almost to the detriment of his team trying to be too unselfish because he's not backing himself in to kick these goals. I, th- I think the biggest thing for me, boys, is the lack of progression. I mean, if you look mm. at the overall team this year, Walsh has been outstanding. No question about his improvements. No Inside and out, wherever he's playing. Harry Mackay's Harry been good. Harry Mackay was yeah, a massive name. The Coleman at the I mean, I said to you, Doc, and I'm sure, you know, because you don't like Kurnow anyway, but I think that he was always a better forward. I think that Mackay has an ability to hit the deck that Kurnow can't. I think mm. that um, he can be quite versatile. He's been outstanding. He's kicked two bags of six now this year. Well, he kicked seven, obviously, against Fremantle. But, and I think, you know, I feel like guys like Petreski seen haven't come on, but... Why is he not in the middle? Why is he not yeah, in the wing? Probably right now, played. obviously out of form, Cat. You've, you've spoken I about think it's, it's it's definitely shot his confidence too, being down in the back yeah, on yeah. Tracy Seaton. He used to be a real hard nut, I thought, but I've seen him riding the bumps way too easily, not going in for the hard tackle, you know. Um, I think Mitch McGovern showed something against Brisbane. I thought he actually looked a bit fitter, which yeah, is good. I, I, thought, I thought he played well too. I thought, yeah, he sort of looked a bit more... And credit to him. Yeah, that. looked a bit more threatening and damaging yeah, as well. Yeah. I just want to touch back on Petrovsky's seat. And I think back two years ago when Carlton played us and mm. destroyed us at, at Marvel Stadium on Easter... Petrovsky Satan was playing in the middle and he had himself 35 touches yep. and, and, and almost a dozen clearances. That's what he can do when he's in there. That, 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 that's that, strange, that, isn't it, Doc? Because you can understand at the start of the career, we've seen you know rookies playing mm. half forward, half back, that type yeah. of thing. But now, fourth season, is it this year? Or maybe third? I'll have to look it up. But I think... I think this this is his... 
uh, was it 17 he came in, so 18, 19, Yeah, yeah so, fifth season. So he probably should have had a pretty similar trajectory to what, like, Andy McGrath did, where, you know, spent a couple of seasons down in the back line, it could, you know, and, and, that's, now, that's and then I mean. in his about third year, put him in yeah. the midfield and look at how he's flourished. But is that, it's not really his fault, and I think it comes back yeah. to him, like you said, lack of confidence, probably Dan back. But for me, it's these guys, like Lockie Plowman, I don't know what he's doing in the team. Jack Newms is just a, a gap filler for mine. He's not going to be anywhere near this team mm. when it's when it's hitting its peak. It's strange, because I thought he was a really solid contributor all of last year. Nunes, but he's started this season really, really. Uh, Fogarty's been a good acquisition. Though, Fog- Fogarty, Fogarty's been a very good one. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I said it about Nunes as well when yeah. when they signed him. He, he's not going to he's not going to add much to this Blues team, and he hasn't. Or, and that's not saying he's a bad player. Probably not the correct set. Like if he was in a different team as a support wingman, maybe he'd be a bit better. But I, I mean, I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, where Carlton's heading, yeah, right now he's he's not he's, he's not, not he's not yeah. the perfect fit. And so, they've got players that. <clears throat> probably could be playing in that role as well that aren't getting the chance because he's in there. Like, where's Will Setterfield in this Well, that's what I want to ask you in particular, Kat. So the question marks are obviously mainly over Paddy Dow and Lockie O'Brien, where mm. their futures are at. Not in terms of even in the Carlton team, but in the, in the AFL, whether they're of calibre. But we haven't seen enough of them, I think, in their yeah. natural position. Like, Lockie O'Brien... I mean, Teague brings him in and then just whacks him on the wing for 10 minutes and then pisses him off to half back. That's going to do nothing for the guy. Yeah, it's and, not, and it's it's not, not helping. Neither of those guys have no. gotten any sort of consistency, I think. Dow, in his first year, probably got the most consistent run at it he could, but neither of them have been given the opportunity to have a consistent run of footy from no. start to now. And I think it really shows. It's, it's almost been a bit of a problem um, of Carlton's for the past few years is not so much hampering the development of these young guys, but not doing them any favours, Doc. I, w- I will say about Lockie O'Brien, I've never been the biggest fan of mm, him, and you no. two well and truly know, but... The, <laughs> he's the, had his games, the, the, though. He the has. Shown, he he's has, shown yes. that he has talent. The point that you raise, though, is the fact that he only has... He's had such limited game time to actually do anything. Same with and, Dow, Doc. When Dow's played, he hasn't played as a midfielder. He's um, played as a half-forward, and that's not good enough for yeah. mine as, as a... I feel like the games he sort of played this year, he's, he's sort of spent more time in the guts, but he still hasn't able been able to pick it up. I don't know how how long the 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 right amount of time is for a, a young midfielder of of Dow's caliber to get games into him, and sort of get that sort of continuity in into his form. But I, th- I think for mine, at least four to five games. Give them four to five games to to let them do what they ne- need to do, and if they're not good enough, send them back. Send them back to the VFL. Yeah, I'll never understand when coaches. You know, yeah, bring in a young guy for a game or two and then, yeah. Lock, them Lock, off. Lockie O'Brien played 35 games in his first two seasons, 2018-2019. Mm. I mean, there were sort of decent averages, 13, 14 disposals. I think he showed steady improvement throughout those years. Two, two, two rebounds as a half-back flanker. Mm. So Paddy Dow hasn't even played 50 games and O'Brien's played 37. Yeah. I mean, that's just... I only played one game last year, Lockie O'Brien. Yeah, it's not enough of a sample size, probably, in their natural positions and... Look, I, I said that Tiggy isn't the guy, but maybe he is. And oh, Sorry, I said he is the guy, but maybe he isn't. If he's going to... The only way to progress is to move on. And it is hard because there's no question that guys like Murphy and Kernel have been great servants to the club. But the time's ticking. And if they want this yeah. rebuild to get into motion... I think part of it comes down to the assistant coaches too. You know, if these guys are being sent into the forward line, into the back line, you'd, you'd think that those coaches would be, you know... Getting taken Teague aside and saying, "Mate, this is not their best positions. They don't 
They don't slot in with these groups. They need to be in the middle. Put it, them with the mids. Is is that why John Worswold was brought to the club? As to I men- think it could be some, some to get, part of it. To get is, you know, in next year. Like there's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know that a coaching uh, a coaching team is not just the senior coach. No. It's the guys that surround them as well. And you look at like the coaches that have moved on from places like Richmond and Hawthorne. Um, who obviously have been that caliber and have become mm. senior coaches, you know, they're the guys that they're the guys that can make the difference. I think that yeah, support staff is critical more yeah. than ever, Cat. I think it's a great point. But yeah. I suppose the biggest thing I want to see, boys, is, is this team is not making the eight this year. For they mine. don't look like it at the moment. No. And they need to then like what Collingwood I think are about to do in terms of playing these kids. I want to see Brody Kemp. I want to see Stocker. I, I want to see, see Matt Owies come in. Yeah, I want to see I want to see Stocker and Prochesky Seaton line up on the wings next week. I want mm. to see O'Brien maybe on, on half forward. He's kicked eleven goals, O'Brien, in his thirty seven mm. games. So he can kick a goal. I want to do, see Dow in the guts. Do you want to see Oscar McDonald back in the team? <laughs> I do definitely do <laughs> not want to see that. But I want to see Mackay <laughs> get that service. And yeah. I want to see Levi Caswell nowhere near it because he shouldn't be in this team. The, the way it's looking right now, Paddy Cripps is on his way to Frio. Uh, the, the way he's sort of playing, the way he's sort of, you know... Very putting, similar doc to Jeremy Cameron last year. Yeah, it's sort, of, it's sort of just sort of... Going through... Going through the motions. Yeah. I do, uh, he doesn't look like a guy who's like, you know, I'm going to lead this team to the finals. He, he's definitely not doing the heavy lifting he was three years ago when, no. when people were ultimately considering him over the Bont. And right now, the Bont is literally suburbs ahead. And there's another question is how much is Cripps worth? To you, boys. I'll ask you What's first, the Kat? thing is, what is he worth to Frio at the moment? Of current form, you'd have to say he's probably dropping his price tag a little bit. But at his best, Cripps mm. has got to be a close to a million-dollar player. So what, he, is he, he, though? He, he's right now 26. So he's in the prime of his career. Mm. He's sort of... He, he's I, not a goal-kicking midfielder, though. And that's his biggest downfall, I think, for mine. Yeah. He, he's only averaging half a goal per game this year, so far. And... Even even 2019, he was averaging 0.6. You've got to remember, Kat, think about the players that are on a million. Yeah. I think if you're the Dockers, you're probably throwing about a 900 or something. I think 900 him. is yeah. where the mark's at for more. I, I, I would, yeah, I'd probably say between 900 and 950. I don't I mean, think Carlton I'm, should give him a million, though. A, mil, a million... If you, they want him to stay, they might. Yeah. I but just, is it then worth it, Kat? Is it worth <laughs> sacrificing your future for, for, for that? Well, it sounds like something Carlton would do, doesn't it? <laughs> it well, does. Well, well, <laughs> if, if, if Paddy Cripps is sort of mulling his options, it's, 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 it's only going to hamper what Carlton are doing on he's field right now. He's restricted, isn't he? Eh? He's restricted. For yeah, yeah, he's restricted. So they can match it. They can match it, but trade. they can match it. But it's I gonna, think it's, a sign and trade is probably where it's at. Yeah, I'm going to say sign and trade because it, it sounds like the pieces are already in place for him to go to Freo. Would he go Cherry. to another Victorian club? Do you reckon? Oh, Could you see? God, that would be yeah. that would be a, a bit, that would be one of the biggest headlines of the trade period that we've seen in the past. Or the five West years. Coast somehow. Can, can, I mean, can, can anyone other than North Melbourne afford him right now? <laughs> Apparently, we've got a bit of a war chest backed up over at the Bombers. How have you got a war chest? You've you literally spent millions on Dylan Sheil and Devin Smith. And, <laughs> blokes aren't even playing. Well, a couple of blokes by the names of Joe Danaher and Adam Sard are off the books now. So. Oh, that's right. Sard's been disappointing. Back to him. Mm. I've been a very uh, round one was outstanding against Richmond, and then. A, Proceeded through the sweet radio silence since then, but yeah. we should move on to the round that was and whip through these games quickly. Yes. I, I will just quickly. Yes. I will. I will quickly just add one more thing. I think. Oh, hang on. I've, I've lost it now. <laughs> no, but I, I think the. I think the Blues. If I, I'm, I'm starting to fear for te- David Teague just personally. Mm. Uh, this is a, there's a lot going on at the moment, and the sort of the fact that they brought Wusher in, it sort of speaks to me as if they're not. 
They're not mm. fully confident in the role that he's doing. But then where do they go if Teague goes from there? Does uh, like there, there, there's there's a bit of a complex going on at Carlton. It's sort of like here's where we are. This is this is Carlton. We're mm. we're a proud, prestigious football club. Yeah, and I emphasise prestigious very loosely right now. <laughs> oh shit! But no, but <laughs> I know it, you. But mean, but yeah. thinking about history and stuff, that they, mm. they've equal most premierships with your mob, cat. Yes. Um, Two dominant forces for a long time. Yeah, but, in Carlton. They were oh, in the nineties. They were massive. Yeah. So and and they and they were and, and they haven't been and <laughs> they haven't forward. been that massive for years. They are the toilet mm. brush. <laughs> I think Carlton. You know, I don't think we're quite there yet with that sort of internally. Um, you know, getting back to sort of the old, the old bombers. But I think Carlton maybe need to do something similar. Look at what Ben Look, Rutten and yeah. the and the Essendon board are sort of doing, where they're sort of trying to embrace the history more, get back into a very old school sort of. You know, we're not here resting on our laurels as one of the biggest clubs in the competition. We need to work to stay where we are. I think the the board is a big thing for Carlton mm. as well, Cat. I think that. It sounds to me like the board at Carlton has always been more concerned on the hip pocket before anything else, and football seems to come second. Yeah, and yeah. I think that you alluded to it earlier, Doc. When Mick Malthouse was there, he was the first coach that at, at Carlton that came out and said, this list isn't good enough to make finals. And that's in, that's the main reason why I believe he got the sack, because he was – and Mick was true. That team was absolutely dreadful. They yeah, was, after after he said firstly that they could win every game that year. Yeah, but he told <laughs> – yeah, and he told the board that he said that this team is not good enough. And um, mm. and that's where I'm sort of alluding. Yeah. This board reckons Carlton – Carlton is – the list that Carlton are in right now is in a position to play for finals, and clearly it is not. I do wonder if the president stepping down at the end of this year will have any – make any Why changes. Why not step down now, Kat? If they want this club to go mm. anywhere this year, because th- – I guess they don't want to make it too – Instable, unstable inside the club now. While the I mean, it's unstable on. enough on the pitch. <laughs> well, that's it. You, <laughs> don't, you don't want off field and on field. No, to both but this be team, all over this team for mine is in stride. They're not making the eight. No, oh, they're, they're not. Mm. Absolutely, they're not. It's it, it, it is a it is a real dog. It is a real dog's breakfast here at Carlton. <laughs> Let's go through the round that was. We're going to try a little bit of once again another bit of a different structure for this week. So, Alex Miller, take us through the Suns and the Swans and what you liked and disliked. We are, out cutting, of this, we are cutting edge <laughs> out of this game. I love the Suns' drive and effort this game. The midfield in particular is what really stood out to me. Took Miller the headline here. Thirty-six touches, boys. Nine tackles, nine clearances, five hundred and ten meters gained. Now Anderson. Ever since Matty Rouse gone down, he's averaged thirty plus a game. Now, cat. He's been absolutely Fantastic. outstanding. One of the unsung heroes, I'd say, of last year's draft class because Raul, you know, was always the face, the beautiful ginger face of the Suns. <laughs> and now Noah's showing with his dirty mullet and dirty mo that he is one of the prime midfielders up and coming. I like Swallow back in the middle as well this week. He's been playing half forward last couple, but not entirely. Uh, the go Nick Holman, the effort man. He's 13 t- tackles, boys. Yes. How's that? It's it's the one thing I've always liked about Nick Holman is just yeah. the, the fact that he just brings pressure and tenacity at every every uh, street. Thirteen tackles, seven I mean, marks, twenty three touches and a goal. Not bad from uh, that type of area. But Hugh Greenwood, you know, an A three love because we love him. I think what he's achieved. You think about when he left the Crows, and you know there was a lot of talk that it was going to be a meh trade. And us three literally sat here and said he can be one of the best players for the Suns. Mm-hmm. And he's proven that. I think what he's done from a, a work ethic point of view... Probably one of the thousand reasons why I should tune into us. <laughs> <laughs> one of the nine... A3 knows best. 9.6 million reasons. Uh, ben Ainsworth, I've been impressed with as well. Doc, a guy who you know I love. He kicked three three goals, 20 touches, nine marks as well. I think he, he was really good on, on the weekend. Yeah, I think fair, fair, fair call on on Ainsworth. Sort of, 
I watched his game against watched his game against the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago and just sort of meandered around a lot. Just mm. sort of went went through the motions a little bit. Sort of, it, I, I was a little bit concerned, but good to see him hit back to some form. I thought he played. I thought he did play pretty well. And this yeah. is the big thing we're going to get to in a sec. We'll talk about the Swans, but quickly the hit out seventy six to twenty as you can see here, Cat. But the clearances, the Suns are winning plus three in in uh, in clearances and mm. plus four around the stoppage. So. But interesting, that sort of connection in the, in the middle for the Swans was really, really right off this week. After they've been a really strong clearance mm. team, I've thought, for the rest of the year. Um, very, very interesting sort of stat. I think it's interesting as well, looking at the time in front here, only two minutes of the Swans. But if you look around at most of the other stats, relatively even, contest possessions, general touches... Um, free kicks, inside 50s only, pl- uh, plus one actually to the Swans. Yeah, but how is that down there, Miller? The yeah. efficiency inside 50, the Swans only at 24.5%. I think going forward, Doc, it was clear they were really wasteful, um, the Swans in this game. Yeah, what, 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 do you, what do you put that down to? Do you just put that down to a lack of forward power? Because obviously Buddy wouldn't play and <laughs> McDonald was dropped. We spoke about it, Doc, and I, I said the biggest worry for mine now for the young Swan group is who's going to kick the goals? Because... Buddy kicked five last week, Cat, yep. against against the Giants. So that's half your score. Mm. Five of the ten goals. Logan kicked one, I think. And um, er- Errol's getting a bit of attention now as well. Yeah, and, and Will Hayward kicked three. So they've got to find more outlets to goals. They, they, I think it was ridiculous. Well, it was true. The first couple of rounds Brisbane, against Brisbane and Richmond in particular, that forward line was dynamic. Yeah. That had real real genuine threat from everywhere. You know, we had Sam Vicks. Um, destroy a premiership backline like it was, you know, under 12. So he was outstanding. <laughs> Sam Wicks like he was back at his home local Irish pub. <laughs> and, and credit to him because he, he was really good. But, you know, I, I was impressed still with some of the young swans. Good to see my boy Robot him back. 16 touches, 15 of them Very kicks. good, Jimmy. We love Jimmy. Good to have him back after injuries and whatnot. Five tackles as well, four marks, three clearances. But... Uh, Kennedy with the headline, 42. Uh, back in a bit of form there, Cap. Yeah, I think he was probably a little bit wasteful with some of his disposals, though. And the majority handballs here, but I thought his kicks were a bit wayward at times. Doc, he probably wasn't giving them as good use out of the middle as he probably could have. Yeah, I tend, tend to agree with that. Just sort of being um, yeah, pretty wasteful with his footy. Um, but, you know, it's a hard ask now for the Swans this week. Obviously a few injuries and off the back of that, they're going to have to come up against the Cats, who played the best game of their year. Just, just a quickie, boys. Do they still make the eight at the end of the season, yes or no, Sydney? I, I, I think they can. The thing is here, it's got it's every chance to spiral downwards very, very quickly. Of here. course. There's no question that it's a tough run. For the Cats next... end the Ds in the next two weeks um, is a very, very tough ask, followed by Frio in round 10 and, over and, in Perth. And somehow Geelong have magically spiraled their way into some good form all of a sudden <laughs> after, after, after we after we labelled them the most boring team <laughs> of the comp this year last week. Well, I'm not going to say that the Cats-Eagles game was interesting viewing, because <laughs> it wasn't. It was... Uh... Dog shit. Um, <laughs> at, least they, at least they were scoring this week. Uh, Nick Blakey is a guy I spoke to you about last week, Doc, and I wanted to see him up forward. He just looked a bit out of it in general in, with his connection and just I'm not sure where he's at. Yeah, I'm not too sure as well because we, we thought back, we think back to the start of the year where mm. he was sort of playing a little bit higher up the ground. We sort of liked the idea because he, he, he's a brilliant user of the footy. But now he's sort of, well, if he's not getting his touches... What 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 impacts he bringing to the team? And I think that's a worry for mine now with the the Swans bottom six players cat. Yeah, where where they're at in terms of in general, um, you know, there's guys like Brand who's who's serviceable, but well, he got injured on the on the weekend as well. Yeah, Brand, so, so he'll be out. But guys like you know the Pelican, Melican, disappointing for Melican. 
He's been in and out of sight in general this year. Yeah, there's, there's a bit going on with the Pelican at the moment. I think he's, he's sort of... He sort of he sort of tends to lose a lot of his one on ones, and then sort of when he gets his when he gets his hands on the footy, he just tends to um turn it over a fair bit. Mm. Yeah. I maybe, think he's going to be a huge blow. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was sort of thinking in the lead up to this mm. game. Obviously, Gold Coast don't have a a, a standout ruck right don't now. Have a ruck, but Callum Sinclair is no standout ruck either. Yeah. Well. At least Jordan Sweet was able to do something a couple of weeks ago. What's Callum Sinclair doing? He's in the form of his career, Hickey, as well, before he went yeah. down. So it's really, really sad to see. And I think you touched on it more importantly last week, Doc. It was Hickey's contested work and the clearances that has really elevated this Swans midfield, I think. so. He was playing like the, the new the new sort of breed of Ruckman. Which know, is that, strange because yeah. I never thought that sentence, new breed of Ruckman, and tell me he would go hand <laughs> in hand. But great win for the Suns. I should have tipped them because I said that they... They touched up other dogs and they usually bounce back when they head back home. But um, yeah, well done to them and the Swans. They got a tough couple of weeks, yeah. as you said. So. I'm keen to see how the Suns go up against the Pies at the G now. Mm. With all this, they'll be riding high. The Pies obviously down in the dumps. But Doc, take us through. This was an interesting game in Tassie. The Hawks and the Crom. It ends up being a bit of a thriller. Yeah, if you told me at the start of the week that uh, Horse on Adelaide would be one of the games of the round, I'd laugh at you and say, uh, "Get ju- jump back into the loony bin." But um, no, this is. <laughs> This was actually it was quite a, quite an entertaining game, and I think it was pinpointed by the fact that both Riley Thilthorpe in his first game kicked five goals, th- and um, Jacob Kaczynski kicked five goals three, along with the uh, the Rising Star nomination. Thilthorpe is the first ever active player in the AFL right now to kick five goals in their first game. Wow! No one has. That's incredible. No so one's done big, that. big reason why that um, everybody rated him so highly. And David King thought he was out of out of touch. <laughs> before he kicked three straight. Yeah, before he, it's not even half time of the game, and it's his first game. He's out of touch, though. Adelaide kicked 14 goals straight in the first half. That was half. incredible. First, I could not <laughs> believe that. First first time anybody has kicked that straight in a football game, in a, in a half of football. <laughs> Say that again. Say that again. And, and, even, and even better, they kicked 10 goals in that second mm. quarter. So it, it's sort of... That, that, but the only problem is that that was their only good quarter. Yeah. I mean, the first quarter was okay. They they, they were up for the fight with Hawthorne, but then... They kicked only two goals after halftime or something, didn't yeah, they? Or yeah, two, two, two goals after halftime. Yeah. None in the last quarter. So Completely lost it. Th- this, is, this is where my concern lies with Adelaide here. It's sort of... We know that they can play their best footy. And, they, and, and when they mm. play their best footy, they're exciting to watch. But they just can't sustain it for yeah, a, a four quarter for four quarters of footy. I think it's always going to happen with a really young side. They're oh, abso- going to be up and down. Absolutely. I mean, they're still young. They're still they're very green. And Matty Nix will take that second quarter and say, "Boys, that is bloody incredible." That you yeah. Know, ex- in the in the post game review. Exactly. And I think and, and look, even if even still very disappointing that you lost, given the fact that you were I think it was five goals up that yeah. they were at, at one point. The fact that you're still able to play. That sort of brand of football where you can just bang bang on hit the scoreboard at will, you'd 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 love to see that. In yeah. you'd love to see these guys give it a crack. And yeah. and even listening in even listening to the last five ten minutes, it looked like both sides were were, were keen to throw this game away. It was just sort of but that, <laughs> they had a lot of inside fifties, and they just yeah, sort of. I had the it, pleasure of watching it. It was just rebound after rebound. <laughs> uh, no one could get anything away. But what about Ben Keys, Doc? We talked. We talked. We talked off air about possible most improved players of the comp. We argued Carl Amon. I think um, even last week, um, and then a little what are bit. These numbers here. But I think Ben Keys is definitely staking a claim because th- th- these numbers are just absolutely off the charts. Thirty-one disposals, thirteen tackles, ten clearances, <laughs> and eight marks. marks. <laughs> he, oh. he, <laughs> we, we, we've banged on about it from from the very first day we walked into this studio, Alex Miller. It's sort of. Oh. 
he, he's always he's always had the talent. He's always had the work ethic. He just couldn't. You loved get a, him at the Lions. What a story he's been chance. though. It's just, it's just great for him, and you yeah. couldn't be more happy for a guy to, you know, be a, a fringe player. Even coming to the Crows, they thought he was going to be just a rotation mid, but probably say this year he's been their best. I'd, I'd argue that. Yeah, I'd argue I'd say so. so. I'd, I'd say he's been better than Laird. I I'd, I'd say so. Um, Laird, th- I thought Laird played a really good game himself. Yep. Thirty-two disposals, seven clearances. Paul Seedsman four meters <laughs> off getting the big ton. Whoa. You said it. Someone's going to do it. And he Some, nearly did. I should have gone on and pushed him like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, well, what was Manny X doing on the phone? Seriously, it's just sort of just <laughs> so like give the ball to Paul. Give it to him now. Let him run. Let him <laughs> run quick. Um, Jackson Hatley, I thought did some nice things. Seventeen touches, six tackles. I thought he was he was nice. I think that was his first game. Or yeah, it was, was. It his second yeah. game. Either way, very in crom colours. In crom colours. Um, Yuck. as we said, Phil Thorpe's numbers: five goals, sixteen touches, five marks, five goals straight. That's, that's only three goals for the Texan. Only, only. only. <laughs> that's yeah. how good he's been. This just, year. A, just a lazy three goals for the Texan. <laughs> well, if um, if if uh, filthy Phil's doing uh, doing his thing, he doesn't need to bag himself seven or eight a week. Oh, we're getting some good nicknames out here today. I can't wait for the Anzac Day game. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you've got you've got a good one lined up. <laughs> What about the Hawks, Doc? What did you make of their performance? Um, oh look, I've I've been I've sung the praises of Hawthorne a fair bit this season. I think at the start of the year, I, I kind of kind of laminated about you know what what, what what's going to happen with their wins, mm. how they're going to win their their games of footy because there's not many players that are genuinely standing out, mm. and not not even Tom not even Tom Mitchell. Oh. So yeah, just sort sort of going back on Tom Mitchell. Don't don't know what. Don't know what you boys sort of made of his game, but he had the twenty-five touches and six tackles, three hundred meters game. So he's actually, he's actually pumping the footy forward. Yeah, he's um, it's a bit of a different one for for Tommy, but I'm glad to see him. I think him and uh, Jaeger both have been, if not Mitchell, back to his best. Jaeger definitely is playing at his best this year, which is really good to see. We're, we're also sort of speaking about you know the most most improved players, but um. G- CJ's been playing some really good footy, or is James not playing? even not even giving it a go? No, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to give it a go. <laughs> I, I, I keep saying it off air, but oh, hang on. Let's, let's say Jankwath Jeth. That's pretty bad. good. Or, 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 or as JB likes to say, CJ Jath. CJ Jath. <laughs> he, he, he's also made a habit of saying JJ Johannesson. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why that's entered his vocab this yeah, year. He's an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> he's a no, yeah, he's a bit of a knobhead cat. So uh, <laughs> re- read into that if you will. <laughs> But yeah, Jeff has been very, very good. I've really loved seeing him take the game on, sort of run off halfback. He's the sort of player that you'd love to see come up in three, five years' time as a, as a potential All Australian candidate. Yeah. Oh, I reckon he could. Yeah, off that halfback, and, and, or even off a wing. And I, and I reckon there's a lot in um, Scrimshaw as well. I think Scrimshaw's definitely got a lot. First of, goal um, in AFL. Well, yeah, well, he loved it. The celebration pumps the double cobra. I'm mean, surprised he hasn't kicked another because he's a beautiful kick of the ball. Yeah, he's a very yeah. he's a very capable kick of the footy, and he's just sort of. The, the, look, he only did, only had the thirteen touches, but I think his form over the past month, yes. I, I think in particular, has been very, very impressive. Definitely um, well deserving. What of about spot. Tom Phillips' stock? Because I love Tom very much. Uh, at Collingwood, <laughs> I love him. He doesn't look as good in the, the poo and wee colours as he did in the black and <laughs> the white. Poo and wee. <laughs> but he's played more inside this year, which has been very, very different. I've never seen him ever play inside at Collingwood. Yeah, well, he had nine nine of his twenty three touches contested. Just setting a few strings to his bow. They've, they're obviously the Pies were playing him a bit more half forward sort of last year too. Yeah, he can do a bit of it all now. Yeah, and 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 he did go at about uh, just under seventy percent uh, disposal efficiency. So he sort of 
it's been a big knock on his game is is the effectiveness with the ball in his hand. He often sort of yeah. turns the ball over. He sort of just kicks it haphazardly. What about the Warpedo? Uh, I don't know. What, I he hasn't kicked on as much as I thought he was going to. I, I, I feel like I feel like he was always going to take a big dip in form when Tom Mitchell came back. Mm. Um, it's sort of. I don't know. It, I mean, the numbers here set are okay. 18 disposals, five tackles, five clearances. It, it, just under 300 metres gain. So it's sort of... It's not bad, but you want to see more from him. Yeah, I do. But I think... What, what, what's Warple now? Warple is... I think he's fourth year, fifth year. Yeah, he's coming up on 22, I think. Or he either is 22 or coming up on... That is Harry Morrison. <laughs> that is Harry Morrison, not James Warple. <laughs> We're playing a bit of a mistaken identity in the box. We're playing a bit of guess who over What here. about Jimmy Cousins, boys? Finally good to see him actually get a game, not being the sub, mm. which is nice. Yeah. Oh, speaking of sub, haven't I got something to say about um, Adelaide and, and their use of Tom Lynch? But J- James Cu- but James Cousins, uh, he's a player that we've always talked about as him not getting enough games in this Hawthorne team. And when you, when you watch him play, you can see you can see why he needs a spot. Yes. He, he, he just attacks the contest at speed and he sort of... Warple is 22 years old, apparently. Yeah, what Warple Street. So, it's, <laughs> if that birth certificate is correct, <laughs> I am eighteen. I, I, I am twelve. <laughs> Lockie Jones. What about Hanrahan, who I've been a huge critic of, and I still am. I I, I don't know what your beef is with uh, Mr. Hanrahan. He can't kick a goal. I thought he was good last week. Don't know last this week. Didn't, uh, didn't get on the scoreboard this week. I, I think I think he's a kid that's got endeavour, Ollie yeah. Hanrahan. I think yeah. The, I mean, the fifteen touches. Doesn't doesn't involve himself on the scoreboard this week. What's his score involvement numbers here? Let's have a look. Uh, yeah, only the three score involvements this week as right. well. So not a tackle. Uh, not a tackle. Great. So he's doing a good job as a small forward. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think. Um, also, does Big Boy McAvoy always walk out with a bandage on his head? Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. He must. He must. There, because he's prepared. He's pre-prepared. There, there's a bit of um, prisoner of war operations here, <laughs> at Alex Miller. We talked about Brett Bewley a couple of years ago. <laughs> But I think I think Ben McAvoy is another bloke that's ju- that's just as much in the wars as he is. <laughs> it's good to see Impy get back into some form as well, boys. Yeah, yeah I, I like Impy. He's um, he's sort of, sort of been a here and there player. Mm. Sort of injuries haven't helped, but he's sort of getting himself back into form at the right time. Well, not right time, but start of the year is yeah. is, is pretty is a pretty good time to get to get yourself into form. Doc, give us a lowdown on this Adelaide sub situation. Um, what the hell happened there? So, it must have been late in the game or something because Tom Lynch was the sub, was named as a sub. Whether or not whether or not Adelaide had the intention of using him, which, you know, it sort of defeats the purpose of a medical sub to start with. But he, he, I think by all reports, he was battling some form of toe injury or a foot injury. Or... Yeah, apparently, his toe's swollen up like the size of a golf ball. If, 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 that, if, if that is the case... Why the hell have you put him on as the medical sub? Matty Nix, that is one of the strangest decisions any coach has ever made. What are you meant to do when the medical sub's injured? <laughs> and we were just giving David Teague crap for playing Dan O'Brien and Tracy Seaton out of position for the past 20 minutes. Playing an injured bloke. Yeah. Playing an injured bloke. W- w- Will Hamill went down, I think, it was, yes. I think it was in the second half of that game. Well, maybe it was earlier. I wasn't quite sure what when he... About halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, halfway through the second quarter. Okay. So... Yeah, the, the sub was activated pretty much on half time. Tom Lynch wasn't was nowhere near ready, so the sub is injured. He was basically all but sitting in the stands yes. with a meat pie and a beer. Like, <laughs> was he? He might have been. Might yeah, have been. Oh, you tell you, it wouldn't surprise me going on everything that's happened at Adelaide so far. The last <laughs> bizarre player to have as a sub as well. Yeah. I mean, Tom Lynch is hardly a guy who's going to change the game. There were plenty. He was changing the game four years ago. 
There are well, plenty of other options. Yeah, there's plenty of options to run with. Only had know. only had the three disposals, Tom Lynch. So when he went on, he well, he's just, only got one foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say when he came Not on bad he, for a hopping man. When he came on, he did nothing. I guess stick out. But anyway, oh, that's a good dear. that's a good analysis of that. But all right, let's lucky let's, last. Uh, let, yes. let, let's talk about your mob. Yes. Um, look yeah, at the smile. Day. Look at the smile here, Doc. But, but, but between Herbertron and him, I don't know who's having the better time of his uh, life I right think now. Cat is. Look well, at the... I was having a pretty good time in the stands at the MCG. First Anzac Day in three years for me, boys. So I was very, very excited to, to get down. Yep. Um, to the MCG on the day. And, of course, as always, the ceremony was fantastic. Um, it was great to see all the, uh, just all the veterans and everyone getting out and getting around the game. We great love stuff. it, as always. Fantastic day. Um, but it wasn't a fantastic fantastic day for the Pies. I'll run through them first. Yep. I will say, boys, there were a couple of players I was impressed with out of the game, and I stress a couple because there weren't many. Jack Crisp, Nick Dacos, and Isaac Quain are pretty much the only players oh. for me and uh, Darcy Cameron, oh, too, as well, say. actually. Probably played his best game in Pies Colours. What, what was Jack Crisp's uh, disposal efficiency? I'll look it up for you th- right now, sir. There, there's, been, there's been a bit of... 87%, di- 80, Doc. There's been a bit of discussion about him being... Or champion data, in particular, being him being amongst one of the worst kicks. Some in the real comp. nerd operators. Here. <laughs> well, no, but, he definitely bounced back yeah, on good. it this week. But then again, when was the last time we ever actually take, you know... Full advice Although from Stephen from... Motlop was an elite small forward. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll just leave that there. Um, but yeah, those are the guys I give raps to. Darcy Cameron, he, he was really good around the ground, I thought. <sighs> Stood up in contested situations really well. Four, con- four contested marks, seven score involvements, ten marks overall for him. So have ten, four of those ten marks contested, Miller. I think it's fantastic. Uh, 22 return. touches as well and yeah. three goals, nine hit-outs, ten marks. I mean... I criticised Bucks for leaving Mason Cox out of this side when he normally destroys our back line. Um, but Cameron stood up really strongly, I thought. And the other guy I wanted to give raps to was Cowboy McCreary. Cowboy! Cowboy McCreary, oh, Bo McCreary him. with the three goals. He was really lively, I thought. Didn't get his hands on the footy too much, but he did, not waste, did not waste an opportunity Doesn't when it came to the It does not matter if you kick in three goals a week. Yeah. Still, and three tackles as well as, as, as a tall forward. That's good pressure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A few guys that I was disappointed in, though, for the Pies that yeah, I thought were basically unsighted. I can't blame the young guys, really. You know, they... Bucks probably should really have been... You know, it's a big stage. It's Anzac Day. Mm. It's sort of either make or break for the young guys, and it sort of broke a lot of them in this game. But a couple of guys who I just thought were really average, Maynard and Noble off the back line, I thought. Noble I barely sighted until about halfway through the third quarter. He ended up with 17 touches. I, I, I thought every time John Noble went to kick the ball, it was a turnover. Yep. Basically, um, <laughs> and then May- I, I, I wonder. Too. I wonder if Buckley looked at Jaden Stevenson and traded him and thought, "Hang on, that, that's Noble. That's that's John Noble. I meant to trade Noble. <laughs> I was meant to trade <laughs> to John <his> Noble. Father. <laughs> I meant to trade to his father. Um, Braden Maynard, probably the most average start to a year I've seen uh, from him in a very long time. We spoke about him last week. Very disappointing yeah. so far, Cat. And still side bottom, fifty percent disposal efficiency. I reckon every single kick he did went into the hands. I of I don't Nesson know player. why the commentators bang on about how good he is. Because he was shocking. That's probably his. Worst game I've oh, ever I think seen. In general, he's not particularly. Uh, and two other guys as well, Kat Hoskinelli and Thomas, both get them out of the team. Both with eighteen touches, but both went at fifty percent. Yep. So it means half your touches are going to the other team. Useless. What's the Useless. Po- what's the point? I was going to. I was going to say Hoskinelli played probably one of his better games this season. He did. Oh. But, he still, but he still turned the ball over fifty percent. Oh, he he, of the he marked well. He took. I think he took nine marks. Yeah, he took. Yeah, he took nine marks. But he was on half back, Doc. What's he doing down there at times? Well, it's it's sort of what we were discussing about uh, Buckley last week, trying trying to switch the magnets around because it's sort of. Why don't you throw that magnet off the board? Yeah, throw I don't the know ma- why he's on the board. <laughs> throw the magnet back to the VFL. 
Um, but, you know, just for the Pies, the Pies all day looked like they were on the back foot, lost the centre clearances, lost the inside 50 count, significantly worse by foot and hand um, than the Bombers. Why lost was... the tackle count yes. by 30 is the thing here. Now, this is the headliner for the Bombers here. They are the number one pressure team this year, and they showed it again in this game. 30 more tackles, including 10 more tackles inside 50. Why was Jack Madgen on Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody? Uh, good question. That's a very good question. John Noble went to him to the fourth, and that's when he went goalless. So Noble actually did a decent job then. But why is the big spud, Jack Madden, no running around with the most dangerous forward on the ground? Jack, Jack Madden. Tell me, Alex Docherty, why? I don't know. You can't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but for the Dons, yes. of course it was headlined by the man who won the Anzac Day medal. I was over the moon. <laughs> Look at I've loved him since day one. Darcy Parrish, what a game he had, you, ca- you can't wipe that smile off his face, Miller. From, he- the mo- <laughs> from the moment he got drafted to this game, I knew mm. this kid was going to be something special. And you know what it is, Doc? It's 100% midfield That's minutes. That's what I've got a stat here. It's the difference. 100% midfield minutes for Look Darcy. That. Look at that. Read that out, Here we go. Rounds one to two, Darcy attended 13 centre bounces. Rounds three to six, attended 22. Since he moved into the centre, has ranked number one in the AFL for clearances. That's huge. His past four weeks, number one in the AFL. And he showed it again. He had the nine... whole team rank. Yeah, the whole team rank is number one as well uh, over the past four weeks. He's literally carried our midfield up into those... Stratospheric heights and once nine you l- clearances, and and, and, and once you and once you look at that, I don't see a D shield on this team list this week. <laughs> Could have something to do with it. You never know. But uh, in terms of the other midfield, that's my boys, th- that's my theory anyway, and I'm happy with that. Zach Merritt was also fantastic in the midfield as well, boys. I thought our outside players too mm. looked really strong. Damn. Braden Ham, Braden Ham loves an Anzac Day game. He was amazing in that one in 2019. Yeah, the delis are closed on Anzac Day, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the hands off the table yeah. and it's uh, on the MCG. Would have been apparently. nice to see him. Kick those goals, though. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think all things considered, he was fantastic. Probably his best game for the year, um, Young Ham. And, you know, it, it showed as well that Andy McGrath didn't have to have his biggest game either, Miller. You know, he yes. 21 touches. He was really serviceable, but those other guys were, you know, on the inside and on the outside, sort of carried their weight through. Um, but one of the guys I think who had one of his best performances of his entire career in this game was Jaden Laverde as a defender, Doc. Um, not just to absolutely lock down. He was doing plenty of those. <laughs> he was. He, he took some great grabs. But he took some great grabs. Not just to lock down Brody Majacek, Doc, but to have plenty of footy. Was he playing, was he, Majacek? Yeah, he was, apparently. <laughs> right. He's uh, Well, some say he's still Pla- in Jaden Laverde's back pocket. <laughs> playing in the pocket. <laughs> playing in Jaden Laverde's back pocket. But to get forward as well and kick that goal too, Doc, his confidence just looks at a whole different level this year. It's fa- it's, it's fantastic to see him playing good footy. Cause I think, it is. I think Laver- I've always been high on the upside of Jaden Laverde. It's just sort of... Agreed. Just sort of haven't been able to really string it together for one reason or another. Whether it's form, whether it's injury, whether it's um, you know, some other third thing. Maybe Wusher hate, hated him. Well, he always <laughs> being abused to, by his coach. I feel like he always seemed to cat when he went on a run of kicking two or three goals, yeah. maybe over one or two weeks. Then he'd get injured, unfortunately, and mm. he looks fit. He looks very he looks fit. fit and firing. He's going to get a clean run at it this year. It looks like Laverde touch touch wood. What about Stringer, mate? Yeah, Stringer. I thought he. Uh, <laughs> Didn't kick too many of his own. Obviously, only got the one. Eight tackles, though. But his forward pressure this week was some of the best it's been in a very long time. He the, was setting up his teammates, got a few scorers involvements as well, which is really good to see. The thing I'm noticing with Jake Stringer at the moment is that he's playing more in the middle. And mm. when he, and when he's in the middle, Essendon actually looked like a much better team. He, he had that at, one play in the middle yeah. where I think it was about late in the second or something where he, was, he popped up in the middle and he sort of burst his way through the tackles, got out of a couple from the Pies midfielders and... 
nailed a clearance forward. You know, it's things like that when Stringer is putting in 100% from point A to point B, start to end, we look a bit like a different side. Um, and it really showed in this game. Absolutely. I mean, he had 12 of his 16 touches were contested possessions. Yeah. So it was only second behind uh, Darcy Parrish. In terms of the young boys as well, yeah. though, um, a couple of them took a while to get into the game, but Nick Cox was fantastic around the ground. This kid moves. I don't want to talk about him every week, but, jeez, he's oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Jones. I mean, it's, 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 it's in a similar vein to all of our in the women's episode. <laughs> I mean, you can't go an episode without talking about it. I'll tell you what, though. Me and Doc will sit here happily and talk about Nick Cox. He's going to be oh, yes. one hell of a player. Harry oh. Jones popped up really well in the last. I thought when the game was on the line, he took some really good grabs, yep. um, which I really was happy to see. I like that he stayed in the team. Okay. Yeah, right. put a bit of faith in the kid. Up and down, like any rookie's going to be sometimes, yep. but he is he's always trying, and I think... That's what you want to see. Obviously, the, you know, Francis' injury is not great. Do, do we know how bad that is? Yeah, I don't know if we've got a full injury report on Franger mm. yet, but it's going to be at least, you know, a bit of a challenge for the back line to get someone in. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Zerk-Satcher is going to have a lot more responsibility now. I'm Zach Reed might come back in um, this week after he was out with illness, I believe. I thought he got I thought he got dropped. So, and if that was nah, the case, it was, it was thought... illness for him. Yeah, no, nah, that's all right. What about Tipper? Ridley back in this week. Oh, Anthony McDonald, <laughs> Tipper Woody, five goals. He makes the most of every opportunity, Tipper, and it was some vintage stuff. <laughs> that, that's, that's his one best game now for the next t- next couple of months. <laughs> oh, all right, Doc. Well, it was vintage Tipper. The, the chase down tackles, the goals from everywhere. It was. It, it, was, was, very, it, was, uh, it was very good, though. And you can tell um, the Essendon crowd gets up and about. When Waller's about, the fans are about. Um, and I, I just love to see it. So, I thought Phillips battled really well as well, Cat, against Grundy. Yeah, he matches up well against Grundy, Phillips. He lost the hit-out count, but I think in terms of hit-outs to advantage and following up, following up on his efforts with the clearances and everything as well, I think uh, great game from him. Dev Smith, the 10 tackles as well. Mm. Thought he was very good. Yeah, uh, you know, we could list off the whole team because it really was a was whole a team. What, what about Zaharakis? Yeah, he was there. <laughs> he was there. So let's add no. the team minus him. That was great. Hooker win. was there too. Um, but oh, he was terrible. No, look, I don't get mind. Him, get him back. I don't mind Go Hooker. I don't mind Hooker just being there to take a bit of pressure off Jones and Wright at the moment. Honestly, True. I think it's doing wonders for our forward nah. line. Get him out. Um, let's do but, a let's do a who's the man real quick and get into the tips. From yeah, last rapid week rapid fire. Week. Who's the man? Who have you got as your man this week, Alex Miller? I've gone to the dogs game Friday night. Alex Doherty smiling away over there. He would have been in on Friday night. Get a big fucking dog up your GWS. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, Tom Libertore. What an outstanding year he's had. What an underrated career he's pretty much had. He's always good for a goal a game. Seems to be this year. He kicked two this week. Twenty seven touches, uh, ten tackles, seven That's what clearances. He does best. 557 metres game, which is outstanding from him. He also, I thought, was really good in terms of his entries. Four inside 50s um, and eight score involvements was really good around the grad. Great game for Libba. Alex Doherty, who's the man this week? Well, my computer's frozen here, but I've gone to the uh, Geelong West Coast game where Geelong absolutely oh destroyed West Coast. Much too, uh, you know, I don't actually care if one, if one of if, 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 if I don't care if, if if one of them actually gets destroyed or the other because I hate them both equally. Um, Wet toast. But Mitch Duncan, what a game he's played! What a career he's had. Uh, mm. We we talk about a lot when it comes to like the best Geelong team of the decade, it, it, or you know, best Geelong team this century so far. People might people won't be talking about Mitch Duncan. They'll be talking about Dangerfield. They'll be talking about Ablett, Bartell, all all the other chaps. I will say I did see. Um, How was some, the barrel? The barrel was pretty massive, oh. but I did see cat supporters on Twitter comparing Duncan to Jimmy Bartell at his best, which I have to say 
maybe a little bit overkill. That's a bit of an overreaction for mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, they're, 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 they're different players. Bartel mm, is very yeah. good, a very good inside-outside player. Duncan, I think, has shown that he can do it yeah. on the inside, but at his best, he looks he looks more at in the four, in out, on the outside. Definitely agree. Kicked four up. goals. I think it was about thirty plus. Um, the stats aren't, sh- aren't coming up for me here, which is a bit of a shame. That's um, okay. Uh, but <laughs> but but I will <laughs> but I will say that's probably one of the best performances I've seen from Mitch Duncan in yes. a long time. No, I'm right there with you, Doc. Fantastic game from him. Um, and for my man, I'm gonna unfortunately uh, make Alex Miller cry a little bit this week because I'm going with a going with a player from the D's who honestly tore the uh, tore the targets apart from the back line through the middle all the way into the forward line to kick a goal as well. Christian Salem, everyone's talking about Christian Petrarca this year, but there's another Christian who's playing his trade just as excellently. Taking the for church. Them. Thirty-nine touches, <laughs> seven marks, three tackles for Salem, six inside fifties. Nine intercept possessions and, as well, Alex Miller, 786 metres gained. Very nice. He just drives this team forward. I think they'd be lost without what he does week to week, Salem. He just gets it done every single week, and he does this every single week. Watching the replay, very impressive. I thought very influential and very good win by Melbourne. Good good on him. Can can Salem be... Yeah, okay. Yeah, you you don't don't sound sound too... I've just flipped the desk. (laughs) Can Salem be a a player that goes even beyond this sort of form, Doc? Can he be an all-Australian-level player? So beyond this. Beyond this form. Well, you know, do it every week. 39 touches a week. No, that's a bit of an overkill. I think he could be a half-back flanker in an all-Australian side. He could be all-Australian this year. I I agree. I think think he could be an um, all-Australian. Even if it's not this season, he'll be all-Australian in the future at some stage because he's so clean with the ball in his hands, so efficient. He's so consistent when when he does it as well. That game game on Saturday night, it was was absolutely pissing down. And he, and he was playing dry weather footy. Yeah, he was playing dry weather footy. I think I think quite a quite a select handful of those Melbourne players were playing dry. We were, we were dry, not dry weather footy. <laughs> we were playing dog you, shit football. You boys were just playing. Uh, you you boys were just playing gang up on bloody Cozzy Pickett. <laughs> right, Ryan Man, Ryan Mansell, bloody second game. They got a bit of history, I think those two though. Oh uh, yeah, from the, from the junior days. You really they played yeah. together. Yep. Ooh, a bit juicy. <laughs> a bit, bit in that. I, I will say this, Ryan Mansell. I love the way he goes about his footy. I think he's he got, should not be dropped. He, he's got a lot yeah, of mongrel bad. Better not drop him. But he's got he's got to channel that aggression. He let's will. let's get through our tips, boys. Um, Last week I only got a, four. I got four too. as an absolute get, dog shit. Was, so what? Alex Miller is, I believe, sitting down the bottom on thirty three. I'm having a shocker this year. Doc, what are you, are you on thirty four? I'm on thirty four for the first time in A three footy podcast history. You've been in front. Surely he's been in front. He's been in front. Well, I don't go think on, so. Milk it out. Then. Alex Catalano <laughs> on 36 tips in the lead. Yeah, boys. Oh, piss off. This is not something that I get very often. I'm going to take my full celebration here. Three tips ahead. I mean, calm down, I reckon. Yeah, Only two ahead of you. I got no, 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 seven no, this week. No, a bit seven. Of, seven? I was going to say, there's a bit of Bev Show operations the way he was bloody, <laughs> 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 bloody carrying on about it. <laughs> Oh boys, come on! I'm 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 happy. No, with don't myself. insult. No, Alex no, 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 no. Like, you're better than here. that, Doc. No, I'm, I'm, I'm also not from Tasmania, so yeah. I think I've got a couple of levels <laughs> I guess up. On I the could bed. have followed up with something else, but we'll leave that on the table. <laughs> Let's talk about Friday night. Massive game, Cat. How are you two boys feeling about this game here? This I'm is... excited for a good contest. I'm 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 nervous because I'm always. I think Richmond will. Reckon, Richmond have plenty to prove after um on Saturday night, and I think the dogs. If there's it. The fact that we've got Tim English not playing, uh, mm. Josh Dunkley, I think can be coverable. But I think the fact that we we've got one less s- scoring avenue. Sweet comes in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Sweet will come in. Yeah. Um, I, I was trying to motion for Jamara to get a debut. No, be, no bigger time to do it than you I reckon. Fr- he can still. I reckon he could. Not, not this, not this week. I don't know. Yeah. Mark, Mark, if Mark Stevens is saying it's unlikely, then it's not. Gonna <laughs> Steve-O happen. speaks. What the about truth. Purple? He's a great mate of Bevo's. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a stat for you, though, Doc. Uh, the dogs this year, after six rounds at home at Marvel Stadium, averaging 128 points, away from home, 82. Obviously, it'll be inflated a little bit by the North Melbourne game. But if you take that out, it's still over 100 points at home for the Doggies. Yeah, well, we've scored 100 100 points in each game we've played at Marvel this year. So games at the G. So I do wonder here, with the game being at the G, whether the Tigers' backline can put a bit of of clamps down on the Doggies here. Flosten playing this week? No. No? No, (laughs) Doc says, no chance then. Um, Dusty's not playing. Uh, Lambert's not playing. Lambert's not playing either. Huge blow. You do defend the MCG really well, though. It doesn't matter it, when their midfield's that good. That's good. Grimes was in a bit of stress as well on Saturday. Yeah. I don't so know wh- wh- whether or not he gets in, I've, I think he'll play, but he won't be 100%. This sure. game is won and lost in the midfield, though. Yeah. I think if Richmond can... They're not going to beat this dog's mid because it's the best in the comp. But if they can equal out without Lambert and Dusty, that that's where I think they'll be looking for. I, I, I feel like the couple of players that need to stand up for mine. I think... Shedder played a good game. He needs a big one on mm. on on, on Friday. Cotchen needs to leave. Cotchen has to have I a want big Cotchen. one. What are we tipping, he, boys? He was he was very good the last time they played. They, they played us. I'm tipping the doggies by twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm exiting the studio now. Fried rice has just been thrown across the Tom Hickey studio. Twenty five. Alex Miller's um, going with the Tigers here. I'm sure, I'm sure you're backing your mom. I'm going my mom 15. It's going to be a very good contest. So I, I cannot wait for just a great game of footy. I, okay. want, I, I want to tip against my mob because I, I reckon no, we're, we're, on, we're, we're due for one. We're absolutely due for Not one. Not against the injury-riddled team. Uh, but in the but as the great dude once said, fuck it. <laughs> Dog, dogs to go 7-0. and oh. I think All as right. well, I wouldn't mind losing the dogs. I mean, they're in good form. I wouldn't be shocked, so... Bumper Saturday of games here. Oh, oh, also, Riley Colley Dawkins making his debut. Yes, as well. yes. very excited. Huge about that. news. Yes, our, our he's son. A, a, my my son as well. Uh, Salesian boy, so he's from uh, a <laughs> from, from, from the Salesian College Footy Factory. Yeah. The last one we produced was Robin Naha, so you better be better than him. <laughs> well, be well, well it's not, not a high bar. <laughs> <laughs> he's a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go well on on Friday night, Riley. I'm very keen to see how he Saturday goes. Saturday here, Kent. Saturday over. I'm actually very excited for this one. Colin Collingwood and Gold Coast on a Saturday afternoon. The, I think the Suns are flying, and I'm actually going to back them in for this one. I'm tipping them. Oh, them Chundy ha- Grundy will have about 70 hit-outs, but it won't matter. I saw them, I saw them firsthand on um, on Saturday. They looked pretty, they were pretty ordinary. Um, the Swans are just more ordinary? No, no, no. I mean, sorry, firsthand when they played the Dogs in Melbourne. Oh, yes. Yeah. Pretty ordinary. Um, well, they weren't too bad against Sydney, but uh, that midfield battle is going to be interesting. You, you mentioned Grundy getting 70 hit-outs. But can they do anything with them? Can they do anything with them? Yes, they can. I'm th- going to pause. I think they can too. All I, right. I, 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 I want to tip against them because they let me down horribly last week. But I, I think the, the Pies are the MCG. I, I don't think Gold Coast travel too well. I think the Pies, they play well on the G, so I'm yeah, going to didn't, didn't play well last week. No. What happened? Well, what happened there? See what happens. The Saturday, the other Saturday Arvo game, Crom Industries taking on the Greater Western Sydney Giants. I am going to back in the Crom here. I think they'll be hungry for a win after that narrow loss to the Hawks. And the Giants, to me, just that fade out late against the Dogs. It's 
spells mm. trouble. I'm tipping the Giants. Last two weeks, I've tipped the Crows and they let me down horribly, so I get stuffed. So get stuffed, Crom. Get stuffed, Crom. Until you, until you can string a four quarter. Do I tend to agree with you, Alex Doherty? But I. It's at Adelaide Oval, isn't it? No, I'm going to go the Crows. It's I'm at just... Adelaide Oval. St Kilda and Hawthorne, the 4.35 game on a Saturday at Four, Marvel. Right, what is going on here? Oof. I don't know what's well, tipped. Well, well, well to be honest, it's a 4.30 game between two sides that won't be playing finals. So so no one will be there. No no, no one will be there. Unfortunately, I think I will be. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling with this one. I'm not sure. Tip a draw? Tip a draw? <laughs> tip a fold? Can, can, can I tip Dan Andrews to lock out the game and tip nobody... A merger? <laughs> Tip, I think I'll, I think, <laughs> I think I'll back in the Saints for this one. They got another. Well, Hawthorne oh. did win. Oh. I, I, I like the Hawks. I, I like the Hawks. It's at Marvel though. Mm. It's at Marvel. I'm going the Saints. It's at Marvel. Do it for Coops, will you? Do it for Coops. <laughs> do it for Coops in his big interview. Coops in his big interview with Tom Morris. I don't even know how he managed to do that. Oh, I'm so ready for that. <laughs> yes. Doc, who have you got, mate? I'm tipping the Hawks. All right, going to Tom Morris with the one word. Yes. Saturday night. This could be a bit of a. This could be a bit of a finals preview Sorry. here. The Lions and the Power. Yes. Now the Lions are Port Adelaide's bogey side. They haven't beaten them since the beginning of 2018. So it's Brisbane are going to do it without Lockie Neal. Mm. Yep. This is a fortress. Gabba's a fortress. He says. All right. I've said it for years. <laughs> Millennials. <laughs> Millennium. I'm going to back the Power. I think. No, I'm going you, Port. You, you, you. I'm going Port. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I like, they're on. I, I think Porter's starting to build themselves some really good form, and Brisbane, they've yep. been they've been good. Not you as well. They've been good, <laughs> but I, I I just worry about the loss of Neil. Alex Miller can't tip against his sons at the Gabba. <laughs> no, I, I'm I, going the Lions here. A, a lot of Brisbane's midfield power hinges on the back of Lockie Neal, whether or not yeah, whether well, or not Dane Zorko wants to admit it or not. <laughs> he definitely does not. The other Saturday night game, the Swans and the Cats over at the SCG. Oh, actually. I'm going to say it's not a flash in the pan for the Cats. I'm going to say they found this form here and they get it done. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say it's... um, I think Geelong have picked up some really, really good form here. I'm Zingler to kick 35 goals. (laughs) No, I'll go the Cats easy. All right. Now, somehow 2% of people, so all the North Melbourne fans in Australia, have tipped... (laughs) Have tipped North to win over the D's in Tassie here. Oh. <laughs> They've come out in force. They've staged a bit of a coup on the AFL tipping website. Oh, that is good for you, young man. Uh, not a chance. The D's <laughs> to continue their unbeaten streak oh, here. Shit. Uh, yeah, the D's. Can I, can I tip you to have more fucking one-liners like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you'll like this one for the next one, then. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Melbourne. Sure. All right. Yes. <laughs> Sunday Arvo here. We've got the Scott Campriali Cup between the Dons and the Blues. Scott, you know what? I forget that he played for Essendon. <laughs> why, why are Carlton's favourite for this? I don't know. Well, why? The, tip, the tipsters have actually backed us in here, and I'm going to back us in, too. Why are Carlton favourites? I, I don't know. know. I don't know. We've sort of explained for about 15 minutes why Carlton yeah. suck. Oh, they're getting <laughs> smacked. This is going to be a 50-point drubbing. This Whoa, is a 50 is... point. Well, I think it'll be cl- kept close no. just by the fact that we don't have a good matchup for no. Harry Mackay. <laughs> I, I reckon uh, this game sort of reminds me of the two, the game two years ago when Bolton played his last oh, the, the one co- in the wet. Bolton coached his last game against Essendon. Yeah. It's going to be and, the weekend of whoopings. <laughs> and, and, and they got their pants pulled down by an Essendon side that were probably evidently not up to scratch. You boys are both back in the Dons in? Yeah, I'm yeah, back in the yeah, Dons. Come on. All right, come on, the Dons. Come on, the Dons. And Saturday, Ooh. sorry, Sunday, Arvo, the Western Turkey is on the line here. 
Hopefully they can get a crowd in this week. Hopefully. Um, hopefully they can get back up to full. It would be a shame if they had to miss it two years in a row. It's, it's good, that they had, good that they had the snap lockdown this weekend. Yeah, no, 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 nobody would have tuned in to watch Freo North. West Coast and Freo. Sunday Arvo. Back in the dockers in here, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. I'm Alex back. Miller's gone the Eagles, I can see I'm here. I'm about to flick it, though. I think I'm going Fremantle as well. West, West Coast. I tend ha- to agree. I reckon these injuries that West Coast have, they're starting to pile up a lot. I'm going. I'm going. I'm the Dockers the haven't won the Derby since 2015. Since 2021, right. The okay. beginning. <laughs> Six years in the making. Yeah. I can, the Fremantle crowd would go absolutely off if they won this one. Oh, well, I could only imagine the atmosphere over I'd get, there. I'd get around that. I, I would absolutely get around that. If they hadn't just had a lockdown and bloody COVID over there, I'd say... Get, on, get your flights over there, but you might get stuck there if you do, so people I wouldn't prefer to fly it. to India at the moment for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why people... Anyway. Jeez, yeah, that's a bit... That's a bit, bit what a great weekend of footy, though. Very exciting. There's some great matchups this week, boys. I'm oh. very, very keen. I'm very keen for Friday night. I'm very long. excited. And as well, I said... Uh, Both I'm... in attendance, aren't we? Yep, yep. yep lovely. Book me tickets Good in the, stuff, uh, the, members, the members area. Yep, so so I will be at Essendon Carlton level four? on Sunday. I'll be... I think... Oh, I... I had tickets at level one, but I think I'll have to check. The boys will find each other. I gave it a shout as well last <laughs> I will week. Go, I will grab a cheeky pint at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it a shout as well last week, boys, but in, just in case you uh, haven't caught up on it, the VFL, of course, two Thursday night games over the coming weeks. Tomorrow night, North Melbourne and Casey at Eddie Had... Oh, sorry, Marvel Stadium. Great, uh, followed it? by Geelong and the Bullants also at Marvel Stadium next week on Thursday night. So if you've got nothing to do on a Thursday night, there is footy on How, how are the Bullants tracking? Uh, they haven't won a game yet. They right. lost this week as well, unfortunately. So, so shit. Unfortunately, but um, they're every chance to bounce back. Yeah, well, the, you uh, hope so. They got, the they got smashed by the Hawks, <laughs> and they've got the Doggies, actually, this week, Doc. Doggies. They've got Footscray at Preston City Oval. Doggies are travelling all right at the moment. Yeah, yeah, is Lewis Young getting back in the AFL side by any chance as well? Nah, Bella hates him too much now. I've got a dog to mate similar to you, Doc, but he hates uh, Zane Cordy more than Lewis Young. He hates Zane. Yeah, he reckons he's shit. Jeez. I, I will say that, Z- I think I said it last week, Zane is a very good aerial player, but don't let him have this. It's just him. Don't, Nathan, don't... Nathan Broad, they're the same. Spuds. Yeah, exactly. Spuds. Good just defenders. A, absolute hack with the footy. All right. Well, I think that's going to do us for this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. We hope you liked the little bit more discussion structure, sort of returning back to our roots here at the A3, um, but good fun as always, boys. Roots, eh? Make sure you follow us on our socials, A3 Footy on Twitter, <laughs> A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. There's the email as well, of course, A3 Footy at gmail.com as Alex Miller laughs his little head off um, over here. <laughs> With all that said, make sure you tune in for next week. I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. I've been Alex Doherty. A huge bumper weekend of footy coming up. Go dogs, go tigers, go bombers. Go the footy. A free medal. <laughs> <laughs>